Welcome to Laughter, Dirt and Education, a podcast recognising and celebrating our rural and remote educators. From teachers, principals, teacher aides and gubbies, they share their real and inspiring stories of educating our bush kids. Come along each week for the often crazy and inspiring stories of education and see why these amazing educators do what they do. episode this week I get to catch up with my beautiful friend Lauren Bagley who I have met through governessing. I just love her vibe and it was so fantastic to be able to interview her and find out some more about her life story. I do apologize in advance we did have some internet issues but hopefully you will be able to enjoy it anyway. Lauren welcome to the podcast thank you so much for jumping on today. Thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be here. It's very exciting indeed. We've already had to like calm our laughter because Laura and I know each other. So we'll <laughs> see how this interview goes. Anyway, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you grew up, I guess, and where you are now? Yep. So my name's Lauren. I grew up in Ipswich. <laughs> um, I've been there my whole life haven't really had a lot of experience with the bush been out camping a few times but you know until this year had no experience um, with the bush life so basically a bit about me is I graduated high school in 2018 I started uni straight after I studied um, a bachelor of nursing and while I was studying that um, on the side I was tutoring kids after school Um, I had I think my youngest kid that I was tutoring was in grade four and then I had yeah all the way up to grade 12 I had about nine kids on the go and that was really cool and I did that while I was doing my nursing and then I suppose I had a bit of an epiphany last year so the end of my second year of nursing and I just decided to take a break I've been tutoring and I thought hey why not be a governess you know I like tutoring and it's basically the same thing it's basically not but (laughs) and I looked into it thought it was amazing and found this beautiful place up here and here I am. (laughs) So did you always want to be a nurse like is that something you were interested in from a young age or were you one of those people that kind of got through high school not really knowing what you wanted to do afterwards? Yeah, so I was actually one of the lucky ones. I always knew I wanted to do something in healthcare. Um, And then I think from about grade 10, I was really solid and set on being a nurse. And so, yeah, I just worked towards that in my senior years. Awesome. So I remember meeting you at the start of the year and I just remember how bubbly you were and obviously that's how we met because we both governess and our kids go through the same school. So I still remember the start of the year, like you spoke so passionately about how you like enjoyed nursing, but I guess you have gone into your nursing degree in such a like a strange time with COVID. And that was one of your reasons for deciding to take a break, hey? Yeah. So last year when COVID got really hectic in Brisbane, I was sent into a respiratory ward for placement and it was really difficult for me. There was, it was really like an 
unprecedented time, I suppose, like everything, policies and procedures, PPE was really, like there wasn't a lot of it, if I'm being honest, like a lot of there, a lot of people have different experiences in regards to that. But in the ward I was in, we didn't have a lot of PPE. We had to reuse a lot. We were cohorting patients. And for someone who is learning on the wards and then having to deal with this, I just found it really overwhelming and really stressful. And yeah, that was one of the reasons why I was like, whoa, that was really tough. And I just think I need to take a step back because otherwise I'm going to get worn out and burnt out um, before my career has even started. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's really important that you recognise that because I guess you've had the option of pushing through, but at such a young age, you can still recognise that this is not the life you wanted to live, like that burned out out before you've even started your official career. How did you find out about governessing though? So it's really funny. So a girl I went to school with, she was a governess I think last year, I'm not sure if she's still doing it, but she was a governess last year and she posted either the job she was in or another family's job ad on her Facebook. I saw it and I was like, oh, what's a governess? Like I've never really heard what a governess is. So I started doing my research and I thought, hey, that's actually pretty cool. And I got onto a few job sites Um, for governessing and what I saw what people were offering in terms of you know the job and then the accommodation and food I thought hey that's actually a really cool gig and you know I get to go somewhere new I'm someone that loves to travel and wants to do travel but unfortunately with COVID can't and so I thought this would be a really great compromise because I feel like if you know the borders were open I'd be overseas but I think this is honestly even better seeing what you know, another part of the country looks like, you know, and especially the bush life, which I didn't know much about. <laughs> I guess that's probably the blessing, like, if you think about it, if COVID didn't hit, you probably would have just done your nursing degree as normal, follow through with uni without, like, this extra stress, even though uni is stressful to begin with. But without that other experience, you probably wouldn't have ended up doing what you're doing now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you go about finding a job? Because obviously you're from Ipswich originally and you hadn't had that much experience in the bush. Did you have like a preference of where you wanted to go? Did you want to stay in Queensland specifically or was there anything that you really looked for when looking for a family to work for? So, yeah, I had no idea really. I just started applying for jobs anywhere and everywhere Um, I think I was really keen on going either to WA or the Territory because I've never been to either of those states before and I thought that would be a whole new world and that'd be really cool. But I was also applying for jobs in Queensland and South Australia and honestly everywhere. And I think as I started applying for more and more jobs, I realised, hang on, I've got to be logic about this and I messaged that girl that I knew that was a governess and I said, what are some things you looked for in a job? And she said, honestly be within four hours of an airport so you can go home. And I suppose it's not something I thought about was, hang on, I'm going to miss home heaps. You know, I want to be near an airport and, you know, stuff like that. And then I was like, oh, well, this is my first time moving out of home. So maybe I want to stay within Queensland, but I do want to go to a different, like a, like a different part of Queensland. So yeah, maybe 
North Queensland. And as I was looking through the job sites, I saw a lot around, you know, the area I'm in. And I was like, okay, maybe I'll just apply around there. There seems to be a lot of jobs. And yeah, like it was honestly a lot of trial and error. I didn't know what I was looking for until I kind of kept looking for a job. Really? Yeah. I think that's really good about being close to an airport, like or somewhere you can easily get home because as you said, like this is your first time out of home. And I know even though I've moved out of home years ago, it's still, you don't know how you're going to cope with it until you're actually in that position. So I guess yeah. you probably set yourself up really well that if you had to go home for a weekend or I know you go home most holidays like it's easily accessible for you to be able to do that yeah so obviously you've moved up to north queensland what are your closest facilities like like are you close to town or how does that work for you do you go to town to get your own food or does someone come and drop it to you how does that work Yep, no, so we are kind of in the sticks in a way. We're not totally isolated. However, it is two hours to our closest town, um, about 180 k's. We have the option of getting groceries in our mail run, which comes twice a week. Did you find that transition difficult? Like obviously being in Ipswich, you had everything at your doorstep and now your two-hour drive just to pop down and get milk was that like a huge culture shock at first for you? Oh my goodness, yes, definitely yes. Like I'm buying like six little long life milks every time I'm going to the shops, you know, I can't, yeah, definitely such a big cultural shock to me. I remember when I first came up here every weekend I was going into town just because I I was, there was no one around and I needed just kind of like people around you know there's not many people here on um, the station I live at so I was always going into town like and I was exhausted because every weekend I was making the trip into town Um, but now that I've been here longer I'm able to stay at home and you know live isolated for weeks at a time but yeah I like the I had the biggest adjustment buying groceries and food and I realized very quickly that you can't buy a lot of fresh food because it's going to go off. So frozen fruits and veggies are the way canned stuff. Like that's been my lifesaver. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and something I probably don't really ask any guppies, but I guess I should. Did you have your own transport when you went up there? Yeah. So I drove my own car up here. I actually came in such a small car, a Hyundai Accent. And we had our station hand every week and I felt bad for the poor, poor fella, but he was grading our roads every week for me. So I could go out every weekend. And even in the wet, like my car would get stuck or it'd bottom out in the creeks. Cause we, you know, are surrounded by creeks and rivers and stuff like that. So getting out and in wasn't so easy, but I made it happen. But then yeah, the, in the middle of this year, I decided just to, bite the bullet and buy a new car so now I have a bigger car that is a lot easier and probably safer to drive on the roads out here and will get me out of the station a lot better (laughs) yeah 
I think that's good though that you didn't go in straight away and buy a new car. Like I think sometimes it's important just to get a lay of the land and maybe if you were on another station close to town or different road conditions, like you probably could have kept your old car. So it's really good you didn't just jump like head first into buying a new car and you just waited a little while and then you realised, okay, safety-wise as well. And it gives you more freedom, hey. Yeah, exactly. And I think as well, like when I was looking at new cars to buy and I had thought to myself as well that I'd kind of outgrown the accent, you know, what car would I buy? Would I buy a ute or, you know, a four-wheel drive and stuff like that? And honestly, I think I felt a bit caught up in, you know, the bush life and the bush identity. And I was like, well, no, I am a bit of a city girl at heart and I still want to have, you know, and I won't say more feminine car, but a car that didn't directly kind of show that. So when I was buying a car, like I definitely went with a more, it's a very much a mum car, but it's not a four wheel drive. You know, it's bigger and it gets me through the station and it's adequate, but you know, I definitely didn't want to get caught up with, you know, buying a real bush basher car. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's that long-term thing too. Obviously, that long-term, like you obviously have some kind of idea where you want your future to go. So you're living within your means as well. Exactly, yeah. Now, obviously, you there are challenges to governessing, but you love it. What has been like the best thing? that has happened this year like what do you love about governessing the most honestly is those two beautiful kids I you know I come from a really great family and they're so supportive and stuff like that but to be loved by a child that like is not my own but they love me like I'm their own is so beautiful and precious and I know that this family is one I will have forever even you know, when I move on, um, but I've never, yeah, I just feel so appreciated and I feel that I have such purpose here and that I make our little world go round, you know, by being with these kids, helping educate them and loving them back too, yeah. Yeah, I think I know a few goies have said it and I can definitely say I have had the same experience that you do they become your second family and I think that's so important especially when you are so far away from home like I know you can go to your boss and have a chat when you need to and even like I know I'm speaking because we're personally through the same school but like we have formed a really good gubby group that yeah we can go to each other yeah yeah that support network especially is so great out here especially as it can be such an isolating job and you know apart from the other govies and even the school and the people you work for there's not a lot of support for govies out there yeah you know we're not really recognized as a profession so I definitely appreciate that I can lean on other govies like yourself and yeah it's it's incredible yeah definitely so you obviously took a year off from study do you plan to go back to studying nursing is that something you want to follow in the future like what are your plans even for next year yeah so this honestly coming up here was only meant to be a one-year thing and boss knew that 
Um, so I have decided to take on another year here and I have just actually been accepted into a university up here to study my nursing externally next year part-time. So next year I'm going to continue my nursing while um, teaching and I'm really excited to be doing that because it's the best of both worlds for me. Oh, that's so wonderful. I just think, yeah, you're definitely, you've taken on this whole different career or pathway in your life compared to what you thought you would. And I think that it's really good that for now you can incorporate your nursing, but also governing. Do you think your time in the bush though has probably changed how you see yourself as a nurse? Like, do you plan to stay in the bush maybe one day to nurse? Is that something you've thought about? Oh, a hundred percent. I've always, when I've thought of my nursing career, I've always had in the back of my mind, you know, nursing rurally and now being here and seeing what people, you know, that live rurally go through and the lifestyles we live, I think that would definitely help and shape me as a nurse. Yeah. And I just, I suppose the life lessons you learn, you know, out here will also just help me be a better person. And I'm so at peace, you know, as a person, it's such a peaceful lifestyle. And I, you know, it's definitely curved my stress, my, my general stress as a person. So I think going into, you know, the health workforce after this, you know, I will be a lot more calm and collected, you know, and stuff like that. <laughs> I think you've been resilient too. Because yeah, obviously exactly. there's been things you've had to face on a station that you wouldn't have had to in another context. But even though that may not happen to you, you've built that resilience and I guess you probably have more of a belief in yourself from such a young age that you can get through it. Oh, yeah, 100%. You know, I've, you know, being here, you know, especially with the loneliness, you know, you, you think sometimes, oh, I should just throw in the towel and go home. But then, you know, you push through and you get through it and you go, oh, I'm actually stronger than what I thought. And I think, yeah, that'll be really important going into nursing as well. Like it'll help me just think, yeah, I'm, I can do more than what I think I can. I can push that a little bit further. So, yeah. yeah definitely. Uh, Lauren, before we go, I know you created an Instagram page called Literally Life of Was, sorry, Literally Life Was that I will tag you in for everyone to see. But I guess, do you, did you create that just to, uh, for people to see like a bit of a snippet of what your life looks like now as a gubby? Yeah, so I did make it originally for family and friends at home to see you know what my life is like and then I found on Instagram there's a whole community of Gavis around Australia and so you know I use that to connect with them as well you know especially like for example you posted something <laughs> witness YouTube account kid my literal account and I do with the kids and then but yeah it's just with them and everyone yeah yeah no I love that well thank you so much for jumping on this afternoon I have loved chatting to you and I guess I probably even just myself have got to know a little bit more about you which is very exciting oh stop Amy <laughs> <laughs>
No, thank you for having me. I appreciate you asking me to be on here. (laughs) Okay, you have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for listening to the Laughter, Dirt and Education podcast. I can't wait to bring you a new story from rural and remote educators each week. Make sure you are subscribed to your favourite podcast platform and follow us on Instagram to keep up to date. Until next week, thank you.